Analytics with Mike Lewis, the podcast where we talk about everything you need to know about sports analytics. Here's your host, Mike Lewis, marketing professor at Emory University. Welcome to the podcast. Today, I've got my good friend and colleague, Michelle Andrews. Uh, Michelle's a professor at Emory, and Michelle does a lot of work in the realm of mobile marketing. And I, I think one of the topics that becomes really important in mobile marketing, and it's also something that's increasingly important in, well, in sports and sports marketing, is the topic of gamification. So, Michelle, how do you think about, what, is the, what does the term gamification mean? Because I think that might, be, that might be new to a lot of people. I think that's a good place to start, Mike. Gamification is basically taking game design elements and putting it in any other aspect of life. It could be in sports, it could be in your personal fitness, in finances, and you could argue one of the earliest examples is airline with their loyalty programs. Okay. It, it's firms do it to incentivize loyalty. Well, let's, let's take a step back before we even talk about like um, airline loyalty programs because I agree that that's, I think that's a really great example. Um, when people talk about game design elements in you know, for, for our readers that are our listeners that don't play games, what are we talking about? Uh, good point. Um, competition. Any okay. element where it's something that it's not extremely easy. Maybe I'm competing with other people. Could be my friends or strangers. Okay, a so of, a leaderboard. Yeah, yeah, and then, then the thing, too, is that ties into elements of status. Okay. How well are you doing relative to me? So we both face challenges, and how well we do in terms of accomplishing those challenges place us somewhere on the leaderboard relative mm-hmm. to each other, and then anyone else, d- it depends on the way it's okay. set up. So relative, import- relative performance in a game, who is winning peer-to-peer comparisons, I yeah. think a big part of this. Another one, and I think this is, um, th- this is like a phrase that's entered, um, entered sort of the, the common tongue, as it, as it were, is like the idea of leveling up and so leveling up the idea of that I've got to you know pay my pay my dues in a game or pay my dues in a loyalty program or pay my dues at a job and then I achieve something I I I level up yeah exactly and I think the reason that there are these different levels is so that everybody who's who's playing the game uh, can feel that they're they're getting rewards and they're involved. Mm-hmm. So if we take airline programs, typically it was three different levels. Someone who didn't fly a lot, but as long as they reached that first tier, they did get some benefits. Mm-hmm. I think you know loyalty programs have existed since I don't know probably the the mid 1980s. So these are things that have been around forever, and they've definitely got some of the same type of things that we see in now when pe- folks are playing games. Um, in, in you know the, the 2000s or the, the present year 2018 right and so it is essentially I'm, I'm leveling up so we're here in Atlanta mm-hmm. and so you know you you get you get silver you fly more miles you level up to actually I don't even know you I, I don't have a lot of status what do you what are you an American <laughs> so American you have gold you have platinum pro now and then yeah. executive platinum okay I and I think the top level of Delta is you level up to diamond diamond or medallion or, oh, okay. or something right yeah and i th- i think you also mentioned um you know another another place where i've seen gamification principles and i think this is a kind of an interesting one that's sort of kind of related to sports and kind of related to marketing is um 
gamification in terms of like these fitness applications, these wearable pieces of technology. Definitely, Fitbit. And I think that is based on this idea of the quantified self, where all of us uh, really want to see how much progress we've made. And so mm -hmm. it also helps us adopt healthy habits, uh, whether it's making taking 10,000 steps a day, or if you and I are in a contest over a three-week period, are you beating me in terms of the number of steps you take? It might encourage me to take more steps, um, or even to see what I've been doing over the past three months. And, and we're starting to see this idea of gamification spill over in other applications. Yeah. So fit, fitness, definitely. Anything that can be tracked with your iPhone. But other applications in terms of, am I meeting my um, money-saving goals? I've never actually heard that term, quantified self. So I think like a lot of times people who do certain sports like runners, cyclists, they like to see the distance they've covered, um, how, how often they're obviously okay. going out for a run, everything, and a lot of it, programs. It, yeah, it, it makes sense to me. I mean, almost yeah. this nature of putting a number, you know, mm -hmm. we now have, you know, in terms of how like, information and technology has evolved, we can start putting more and more numbers to everything we do. Exactly. I mean, okay. you and I teach students, and students want to see how they performed on a test. Mm -hmm. How did I do relative to how many points there were available? The curve yeah. suggests how you do relative to your peers. Everything else we do, even even our car is telling us how fuel efficient it is in terms of our driving and braking. Everything's quantified these days. Well, let's let's take um, let's take a, a little bit of a pause here because I think you've you've said a couple of things. So one of the things I want to do in the conversation today is well, I want to talk about gamification and I want to relate it to let's say first principles okay so the podcast is about uh, sports analytics whether oh, it's on the marketing side fashion. or whether it's on the yeah <laughs> sports analytics fashion and kittens okay. is what we're going to move to and, and so I, I want to keep it on a theoretical level in terms of you know always thinking about how can we take some of these principles and let's say crunch the numbers, look, look at the data. And so when we're talking about this quantified self, I heard, I heard kind of two things. Uh, the first one is kind of near and dear to my academic history, and that's the idea of how people respond to dynamic incentive schemes. Okay. So do you want to explain a little bit about that? Well, what do you think of what do you think I mean by that? I would say, I mean, the the term to me, dynamic incentives, is that there are incentives, but they're dynamic. They change over time, and it could be a function of how well I'm doing. Is mm. it you know does it differ by level, um, by the challenges that the firm is putting out, or in terms of when I do peer to peer competition, mm. do we determine what those what those incentives are? Well, and I think and I, I want to sort of hit both of those both sides of that. So when I think of dynamic incentive schemes. What I'm actually thinking about, or how, how I use the language, essentially what happens in loyalty programs. So incentives that are struck, and this is like a mark, marketing issue. Most marketing incentives that consumers see, something's on discount, something's on sale today. Loyalty programs are more dynamic in nature in that if you're going to earn a free flight on American, or I'm going to earn one on Delta, or we're going to achieve that kind of status, it's something that plays out over the course of a year. And this is, you know, and this is, or years potentially in terms of earning a flight. This is important in terms of analytics if we're modeling consumers in that, you know, we can't just model, oh, what's the person going to do today? We have to consider the fact that what you did do today is potentially going to affect what you do tomorrow, right? You have premium status on American? Something like that. Okay. So are you going to, when you f shop for a flight, 
Are you looking at American or Delta? Or are you just going straight to American? I'm going to American. Okay, and, and so it's not, we can't just look at things in a in a vacuum or sort of myopically. We've got to look at things in terms of how my decision today is going to affect what I do, what I, what I do going going forward. The the other side of it, uh, the other issue that you mentioned is kind of these peer to peer comparisons, and I think that's that's really an interesting side of it, like this idea of competition. Yeah, definitely, um, because it brings a social element into it. So it, we're talking about analytics. Even if we bring this into the world of sports, if we can basically gamify or quantify our participation in the sports, whether it's predicting who's going to win or building our own fantasy team or how often do I attend a game uh, compared with my friend over here, Mike. Yeah. Um, and so we're creating our own competition here. That's very interesting to me on as an analytics person. So it's like, and you think about is the analytics side of this, how complicated gamification gets uh, in terms of working with it if you're a team or a, a firm. You know, first off, I've got to figure out how you're responding to something that plays out over the long term. And now I've also potentially got this, you know, it's like a double-edged sword. You can add this social element that is going to potentially be incredibly motivating, right? I mean, you think about it, it's like, yeah, I want to earn this flight or I want to earn some sort of status in terms of my Fitbit. But now I've also added something to it of, oh, I want to beat my friends. Oh, yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we think about it, you know, even locally here at Emory, I think they've just completed their latest iteration of the Move More Challenge. I don't even think people think of it in these terms, but I think that's completely a gamification system, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And adding the social element, you are letting people compete um, on their own terms. If all I cared about was that I walk more mm -hmm. miles than Mike per day, then I'm going to look for that goal. Yeah. And, and the thing, too, is you get buy-in. Maybe Mike is more incentivized to actually keep up his walking per day because he knows I care so much about beating him. Well, and, and I think, you know, let's say the standard goal is 10,000 steps. I do 10,000 steps. Maybe I slip the Fitbit off. I, you know, I, I, I power down, right? But suddenly you and I are in some sort of league together, and I look at that thing, and you, I have 10,000 steps, and you've got 10,500. Then I think a lot of folks out there are going to do what? They're going to keep walking. Oh, you know, my, my, my poor dog is going to have to take another, another loop at the park, right? So it's like you, um, you know, I, I think where this has gone is, you know, this connected nature of this world has enabled things to go even farther, right? That make, you know, you add competition and, wow, no one's going to quit, right? A lot right. of motivation. Right. And the, the other thing, too, about that competition is let's just say that I chose you to compete with or my neighbor, who el whoever else it is, probably because I think I can beat you, but it'll still be a challenge, or vice versa. I think you can beat me, but I still want to see just by how much. And the reason I'm mentioning it is that is this other idea of points pressure. Mm -hmm. The closer we get to either beating each other or to getting to the next level. To, to leveling up. Exactly. The more likely we're we're actually going to continue putting in effort. And so that's, right. how, that's why gamification, really, you could argue, is seeing a lot of success in every area of life that it's being applied to. Well, you know, and, and a funny thing about all this, too, is, you know, because we're, like, going back and forth talking about examples of, you know, where you got the airline industry thing where, oh, if I, if I reach some milestone, well, frankly, I get a lot, right? Yeah. I get free flights. I get access to the club. The world treats me better. But in a lot of these gamification applications, you know, within games or within fitness applications, what do you get? 
Uh, a lot of times this idea of the quantified self, some personal satisfaction. If I had a goal, yeah. let's say New Year's Eve resolution, those kind of things of I really want to be able to get in, let's say 10 miles a week of just mm -hmm. walking in my everyday job, etc. Then if I can see I'm actually getting close to it, I might put in that a little mm -hmm. bit of additional effort. But even think about what these things are, right? I mean, you could be winning a digital badge. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, something that has, in terms of real value. Yeah nothing right but you can change behavior just by sort of putting that carrot up there oh i can light up this this badge it's um it's kind of a fascinating thing as marketing folks it's a fascinating thing what people what people yeah. respond to i want to i want to add one more thing to that mike of what it does um a lot of times if we actually have these apps so here at mre um, the, the sports teams actually have apps where when you go attend one of the events, you actually can check in. And they incentivize that by if you've attended so many games, for example, you get a free t-shirt or that kind of thing. So what it does too is it reminds us of how far we've come. It actually reminds us that we've been engaging in this behavior that we desire to continue engaging in. And what I mean by that is let's say there's a sporting event that has 10 games in one season. If I go to all nine and on the 10th I'm kind of like not feeling it, it's rainy out or whatever, uh, maybe just having looked mm -hmm. and reminded myself, I've actually been to all nine. If I go to this last one, I'll get this prize or whatever. That's a good point. And it, it's actually something I hadn't even thought about, but almost because there, there could be something else is in this as well. It's like the, the ritual of playing. So, you know, using that app becomes part of, becomes part of the experience. I, I love this as a marketing topic simply because these are very small things that can have incredibly powerful influences on behavior without frankly costing the costing the company costing the firm all too much exactly it's another way so not only can it remind you of what you have been doing it basically is almost the only way to signal to your friends if we're going to compare how many miles we've accumulated with our airline program mm -hmm. or how many games we've attended here at Emory basically the only way I can show that to you is by pulling up an app showing it to you and we compare yeah yeah and, and that's the, the apps make this visual right and they make it connected changing topics a little bit in terms of going beyond about this on a theoretical level so where do you where are your favorite applications of gamification that you see where do you where do you run into these things definitely the airline loyalty program yeah. at least for me that prevents me from shopping around at different airlines i also if i mean talking about sports i think some sports are actually doing a good job of gamifying it for their fans um, attendance, a lot of times uh, putting information on the app, even rewarding fans for tweets, things like that. So basically getting the fans more engaged in the experience. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a application of sort of loyalty program principles to fan management and perhaps even adding some additional stuff to it, like the idea of tweeting for tweeting for points or tweeting for rewards ton of potential there. You could even argue before we had apps, so before this all became uh, very mobilized, March Madness, when people are making their brackets, uh, that's basically gamifying mm -hmm. the game of basketball amongst your friends. Uh, yeah, you can do it on, on Yahoo and on uh, you know online platforms where you can compete against strangers, but that's, that's an application of gamification. Well, that's that that's interesting because it does show kind of how this has evolved over time. Where, you know, this idea of, you know, 
kind of you know these kind of communities surrounding the sports with competition and, and winning and losing gamifying the consumption it, it was interesting the way to me the way you said that because I'm I'm old enough to remember when we would wait for the NCAA tournament bracket to come out in the newspaper the next day so we could physically fill that out give it to someone that would then hand score these and now obviously now how does this world work it's digital it's digital you go online you do this stuff on your phone you can compete in real time and I think it becomes more more powerful maybe another example this is fantasy sports yeah definitely where in in fantasy sports you enable the you know you, you take sort of the games that are occurring and you allow the fans to now sort of participate and play a second game on top of that Exactly, yeah. And that's encouraging them to be on top of basically all the sports teams' performance, compete with each other, and then have this, uh, this idea of, well, if I were the coach of my own sports teams, how would it look? And I can do it all online. I think I would sort of add to that. It's like, and why is this important? Just think about the level of involvement and how that becomes increased over time. I think, I mean, what, what's the, obviously, the, uh, the league that has done the best job with fantasy sports is what? Football. It's the NFL, right? Yeah. And so the NFL has been able to, whether it's the nature of the game or whether it's the fact that all the games, you know, occur on Sundays, and so it was sort of sort of one stop, sort of discreet, a discreet watching experience. They've created something where fans are involved and have a reason to be involved throughout the whole season. Key themes, sort of community and involvement, mm-hmm. competition. And having a stake in sort of long-term consumption. Yeah, and also you could even argue um, following not just like your own sports team, but uh, individual players across. So it's quantifying the team's performance, individual's performance, your own performance. Mm-hmm. It's really just putting putting numbers, but in a fun way, on all aspects of the experience. That's actually something I hadn't thought about. Do you do you think that in the case of let's say fantasy sports? Um, or the NCAA tournament, the fact that you're almost asking consumers to study increases loyalty? That's a good point. I wouldn't use the word study because, well, again... We, and I don't think fans would either. Right. Again, I mean, we, we work with students all the time, and I think when I think of the word study, mm-hmm. it's more review the material we've been discussing because there's an exam coming up. Here, I mean, you could argue, yes, the word is study, but I don't think we think of that when it comes to sports. It's more based on your knowledge or the information available to you, what would you like to happen or what would you predict will happen? And then people like to see how they do. So how much of this is the fact that because you're now in this, you know, this kind of great positive feedback effect for these teams or these leagues that, hey, you love kind of competing with your friends in the NCAA tournament or with, you know, fantasy football. And because you love competing, you know, not only are you watching because you want to participate, but now you're starting to study and you're starting to become an expert. And so this idea that gamification can also be used to create, let's make it even more general, consumer experience and expertise. Mm-hmm. And does that lead to greater consumption? Yeah, it's almost, it's a, you could argue it's, it's a reinforcing effect on several levels. Yeah. So gamifying or these fantasy sports is basically helping socialize the experience of following 
a sports performance or event by digitizing it. And then because you have these feedback effects that are very routine, every mm -hmm. week you talk about it with your friends, you see how your friends are doing, you see how you've been doing over the past. Um, yeah. it, it, you know, if you are enjoying it, it encourages you to actually continue doing it or even spend more time doing it. Mm -hmm. Now, that's an, I mean, I'm sort of stuck on this point just because I think it's actually really an interesting one this idea that you know you get someone playing a game and I understand you know first principles kind of the obvious thing is you get someone playing a game well they're gonna want to consume more but then this idea of investing and in being able to win the game to beat their friends then suddenly you know then suddenly I develop the knowledge of well I know who the third wide receiver for the you know for Kansas City is and I know who the backup quarterback for Oakland is or I guess Oakland doesn't exist at the, at the moment, at, at least. I know who, you know, I, I know the players, and maybe I even go farther, and I, you know, I, I understand the difference in the matchups, in terms of the weather, in terms of the turf conditions. You know, fan expertise ends up being, I don't know, a precursor to loyalty. I don't know that anyone's actually really looked at that kind of issue, at least in this some of this gamification context. I think it's a good point. You're helping foster loyalty. I mean, that certainly should be um, the sports team firm's end goal, but you're doing it in a way where you're incentivizing participation. You're helping people uh, have talking points. Ultimately, sports, all of this is, there should be that social element. When mm -hmm. we meet for a barbecue, we discuss, you know, how we did in our in our prior fantasy performances yeah. and anything like that and and it the reinforcing effect yeah. is um i become more involved yeah no i i, I love this conversation you know because i when i as we started this i was thinking you know sort of key points to me on gamification were kind of this idea of goals this dynamic incentive scheme like so people want to achieve goals okay and the second part you know, as we started the conversation was really this idea of, you know, socializing and social comparisons. But I love this notion, too, of, you know, thinking about, well, these kind of, again, this positive feedback effect of now you're starting to become an expert. And through that process of becoming an expert, you want to play more. Exactly. I mean, so the more you enjoy it, too. Right. And so I, mean, I suppose if we sort of complete the circle on this and we think about video games or eSports, that's probably a, exactly what happens as well, right? You know, I, I get you. I mean, the whole thing is I'm trying to get you hooked on the game. And mm -hmm. maybe that, you know, we, we can talk about dynamic incentive schemes, outcome uncertainty, interpersonal comparisons. But maybe what this really boils down to is something kind of common sense, right? And sort of the notion of in a video game, I'm trying to get you hooked. Mm -hmm. Or as a consumer, I'm trying to get you hooked. Right. And so how you do that is you, you th these this idea of um, leveling up. So you basically have uh, certain elements for beginners because you've got to come into the game, whether it's a video game, right. whether it's, you know, fantasy game, at, at some level, let's just pretend that you have no experience. And once you gain experience, let's then make sure that it's a little bit more challenging so you can continue to enjoy it. Well, I know, you know what, I, I know some of the folks in, um, some of the folks involved in video game, the video game industry, and the, that's actually an interesting way to put it because, you know, my understanding is that they will actually do that. You know, that when you download the game and you first start playing, you know, obviously there's going to be some easy leveling up and some easy rewards. 
and but rather than you know throw you into the deep end where you're playing you know if you're playing online like the last thing that you want to have happen is have a new customer let's say Michelle Andrews starts playing a game mm -hmm. and suddenly there's some 12 year olds that she's playing with that are telling her that she sucks mm -hmm. and that she should delete the game right mm -hmm. and so I know a lot of times they will you know there's been a lot of discussion about like things like matching to keep that more civilized mm -hmm. But also the idea of maybe you're even just playing with bots at first. Yeah. You know, you're playing at bots to almost teach you the game and that kind of positive reinforcement. Yeah. But I think, you know, there are elements, since we're talking about gamification, we, we are starting maybe to see some more elements from from video games and, and games itself uh, spill over into sports where people, as they become more involved, start caring more about the storyline of the sports. Where have the players come from? Um, how have the teams done historically against other teams? Things like that. And, and that seems very like uh, surface type of examples, but you know, using gamification in apps, it's kind of a way for firms to acknowledge, or you know, sports teams, mm -hmm. uh, front offices to acknowledge the fans really care, want to be involved, and then finding that fine line between feeding them too much information so they don't get overloaded, but also not enough so yeah. it's boring. You know what? I mean, I almost wonder. You know, some of what we're talking about, I almost wonder if we're almost projecting in terms of where the next generation of gamification should go. So what, talk more about that. Well, and so I, I think as we talk about like some of this ideas of, hell, you go to all the, go all the games, you reach this level, and you get this reward. Um, you know, play fantasy sports and you get this kind of recognition. Our conversation makes me think, you know, is there more potential in some of this, right? And so as you're talking about, let's say, the... I don't know, the narratives or the backstories or the player knowledge, I could imagine a scenario where you're building almost more, let's say, education into the apps, right? Yeah. Into, you know, and maybe the app is kind of the key to the next generation of this. It's like some sort of application or I, I, wanna, I almost wanted to call it a quiz, but I don't think that's the right word, but, but something on your phone that encourages me to understand the backstory of a Player. And it's yeah. almost like, well, you get a point for understanding that backstory of that player. But guess what? Now that you've invested to earn those points to become a little bit higher person in the standings of the, the fan club. Well, guess what? You've now invested into these guys, into these women, whoever's playing. That's really an interesting idea in terms of almost like taking more of what we might think of as the soft side of this kind of this branding stuff and integrating it into these kind of gamification systems. Yeah, I think it's a good idea too because it can help prevent saturation. Mm -hmm. So you keep going to game after game after game, okay, somebody's gonna win, or I, or by mid-season I already know all the plays that are gonna happen, but yeah. constantly maybe even feeding into the app these soft side elements is bringing something new to it, well, um, just kind of rounding out the whole experience. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, and. This has been a great conversation because le legitimately some things I had never thought about. I mean, I, I think I like the model of the, Olymp the Olympics, right, where everything is kind of a focused story, right, a, a story focused on an individual. You can imagine building in sort of this kind of leveling up structure in that where I'm, every time I watch one of these stories, I get a point. You know, I, I, I increase my, I'm working to some, some incentive. That could be really powerful, and then there's no reason why that couldn't go beyond the Olympics to, you know, the 
the, the professional and the college sports team in anyone's towns. Right. I think, you know, that, that I think that's a good start. Like, I, I love this topic of gamification, and I definitely think we can talk more about this um, uh, going forward. And again, it's, it's one of my favorite topics, because right? like this notion of games, analytics, and marketing. Do you teach a lot of this stuff in your class? Well, I I wish I did. Um, I teach basically uh, basic marketing right now. So mm-hmm. anyone who comes into the business school, one of their very first marketing classes, we just kind of cover, okay, who are your customers? What is it that they value? Mm-hmm. How can you deliver to them what they value better than your competitors? Um, the digital, there's entire classes on digitization, digital marketing, um, and the gamification element, I think we're seeing even a lot more in what you could call basically your your very basic brands, mm-hmm. cere- cereal brands, things like that, um, where brands are starting to realize that there is, a, you know, brand followers, there is a loyalty base, and then how mm-hmm. can they kind of get them more involved in the product of the brand? I almost wonder if there's an opportunity, you know, as we talk about this, I feel like we end up talking a lot about consumer behavior, so... Some of the stuff that you might teach in an intro marketing class or in a consumer behavior class, and combining that with the analytics side of things, because I think so much of what we're—it's it's almost like we're going back and forth, right? So we have some structure that we think is going to change consumer behavior, and then on the analytics side, it's like, well, now we got to figure out how to quantify and how we got to measure that. Right, and I th- but I think it is an excellent opportunity for firms and marketers to basically see what works for mm-hmm. their fans and what doesn't. Because honestly, what works for maybe one generation or one sports team's fan base is not going to work for another. And so it's a way for them to really try to understand and also deliver what the customer wants, whether it's through the gamified app. I think, you know, if you, if you look at survey data, sports fans have gotten older across essentially all the sports. You know, I, I think there's data that suggests that the average baseball fan is in their 50s and the average football fan might be in their early 40s. And there's been a lot of concern that maybe where we've lost people is we've lost this generation to, to what? To playing video games. Exactly. And so is gamification something where it has a lot of potential potential to bring sort of this lost generation back to these sports? And I don't know the answer to that. I think I definitely think so. The the 50-year-olds, let's say, uh, male baseball lover, in your Mm -hmm. example, um, probably was not growing up bringing his cell phone to a game. But today, everyone has their smartphone everywhere. And so people could or should take advantage of that and use that to basically, you know, get that person more involved. Yeah. And, and, I, and I would say, you know, and again, we're this has been a, a great conversation because I think we're almost thinking almost like that sort of how can we innovate in some of this space. The the thing that occurs to me is, yeah, let let's get the apps going, get the sort of the kids or the younger generation involved. I think the challenge, and I think it's beyond us for today, is this notion of what kind of incentives or rewards or badges can you provide to that next generation to make it worthwhile, to make it willing for them to play. To make it not static, but actually something that is going to be long-term. Well, and something that they're going to care about. And that might be be the the tough thing in, in all of this, right? How do you make it, you know, what are the badges that, what are the badges that a 16 year old will want to collect from Major League Baseball, right? Good question. Good question. We'll leave it on a good question. 
Thank you very much, Michelle. Thank you, um, Mike, for having me. And until next time, thanks for listening.